ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Bhagavatam, Canto number 5, Chapter 18, The Residence of Jambu Dweep of Aprils, Text number 21. Yatasya te pada saror sororuharhanam Nikam yet sakila kama lampata. Deva rasip sitam ipsitor chito. Yad bagna yachna bagavan prapate. Yatasya te pada saror haranam. Nikāma-yet-sākhila-kāma-lampata-tadeva-rāsīpṣitam-vīpṣito-archito-yad-bhāgnāyāchnā-bhagavān-prapat-prapat-prapat-yate Yātasya-te-pāda-sarur-hāranam Such a woman. Akila Kam, sorry, Akila Kama Lampata. Akila Kama Lampata. 
although maintaining all kinds of material desire, tat, that, eva, only, rasi, you avoid, ipshitam, some other desired benediction, ipshitaha, being looked to for, architaha, worshipped, yat, from which, bhagna yachna, one who desires objects other than your lotus feet and who thus becomes broken. Bhagavan, O my Lord, Pratapyate is pained. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. My dear Lord, you automatically fulfill all the desires of a woman who worships your lotus feet in pure love. However, if a woman worships your lotus feet for a particular purpose, you also quickly fulfill her desires. But in the end, she becomes broken-hearted and laments. Therefore, one need not worship the lotus feet for some material benefit. Purport Srila Rupa Goswami describes pure devotional service as Anya Bhilashita Shunyam, Jnana Karmadi Anavritam. One should not worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead to fulfill some material desire for success in fruitive activities or mental speculation. To serve the lotus feet of the Lord means to serve Him exactly as He desires. The neophyte devotee is therefore ordered to worship the Lord strictly according to the regulative principles given by the spiritual master and the Shastras. By executing devotional service in that way, he gradually becomes attached to Krishna and when his dormant desire, sorry, and when his dormant love for the Lord becomes manifest, he spontaneously serves the Lord without any motive. This condition is the perfect stage of one's relationship with the Lord. The Lord then looks after the comfort and security of his devotee without being asked. Krishna promises in Bhagavad Gita 9.22 Ananya Sintayanto Maam Yejana Paryupasate Tesham Vahamiyaham The Supreme Lord personally takes care of anyone who is completely engaged in his devotional service. Whatever he has, the Lord protects, and whatever he needs, the Lord supplies. Therefore, why should one bother the Lord for something material? Such prayers are unnecessary. Srila Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur explains that even if a devotee wishes the Lord to fulfill a particular desire, the devotee should not be considered a Sarkama Bhakta, a Sarkam Bhakta, a devotee with some motive. In the Bhagavad Gita 7.16, Krishna says, Chatur Vida Bhajante Maam Jana Sukritana Arjuna Artho Jigyasur Artharti Gyani Cha Maradarshava <clears throat> O best among the Bharatas, Arjuna, four kinds of Pious men render devotional service unto me, the distressed, the desirer of wealth, the inquisitive, and he who is searching for knowledge of the Absolute. The Artha and Artharthi, who approach the Supreme Personality of Godhead for relief from misery or for some money, are not Sakham Bhaktas, although they appear to be. Being neophyte devotees, they are simply ignorant. Later in Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, Udara Sarva Evaite, they are all magnanimous, Udaraha. Although in the beginning a devotee may harbor some desire, in due course of time it will vanish. Therefore the Srimad Bhagavatam enjoins Akama Sarva Kamova, Moksha Kama Udaradi, Tivrena Bhakti Yogena Yajeta Purushamparam. A person who has broader intelligence, whether he is full of all material desire, is free from material desire or has a desire for liberation, must by all means worship the Supreme Whole, the Personality of Godhead, Bhagavatam 2.3.10. Even if one wants something material, he should pray to no one but the Lord to fulfill his desire. If one approaches a demigod for the fulfillment of his desires, he is to be considered Nashta Buddhi, bereft of all good sense. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 7.20, 
Those whose minds are distorted by material desires surrender unto demigods and follow the particular rules and regulations of worship according to their own natures. Lakshmi Devi advises all devotees who approach the Lord with material desires that according to a practical experience, the Lord is Kamadev. And thus there is no need to ask him for anything material. She says that everyone should simply serve the Lord without any motive. Since the Supreme Personality of Godhead is sitting in everyone's heart, he knows everyone's thoughts. And in due course of time, he will fulfill all desires. Therefore, let us completely depend on the service of the Lord without bothering him with our material requests. Translation again, My dear Lord, you automatically fulfill all the desires of a woman who worships your lotus feet in pure love. However, if a woman worships your lotus feet for a particular purpose, you also quickly fulfill her desires. But in the end, she becomes broken-hearted and laments. Therefore, one need not worship your lotus feet for some material benefit. Om Ajnana Timandasya Kanjana Shalakaya Chakshumindana Chakshur Umnitana Dasmai Shri Guru Vena Maha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadar Shivasati Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So here Lakshmi Devi is making some prayers. Um, that's why in the verse is the context of a woman. This is described, um, you automatically fulfill, Krishna fulfills the desires of a woman. So, but this applies to men as well, because these prayers um, are made by Lakshmi Devi, but they are equally uh, relevant to men as well. So, um, the jiva is bothering Krishna for fulfillment of material desires. Um, so we cannot be independently, uh, we cannot independently fulfill our desires. And we are very, very tiny. So we are one ten thousand, the, the tip over here, you know, that's, the, that's the dimension of the soul. So we are, uh, the, the soul is insignificant in comparison to Krishna. Krishna is unlimited. Uh, Krishna is the cause of all causes, the supreme controller, full of all potencies. Um, and from Krishna, so many jivas are emanating. Countless jivas are emanating, countless universes. Um, even so many incarnations are emanating from the body of the Lord. So we are very, very tiny and minuscule. Um, and, and we cannot fulfill our desires independently, though under illusion, we are thinking, the jiva is thinking that they can fulfill their desires um, independent of Krishna and maybe even independent of others. So we cannot be desireless. You know, Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Nahi kashtit shanam api jatu tishtati karmakrit. So he says, everyone is forced to act helplessly according to the modes of nature. So because we are active, we are conscious, we are active, and therefore we will have desires. Everyone has desires. So the question is, what quality of desires we have? Whether they are material desires or they are spiritual desires. So the jiva is, is not Krishna. In one sense, it's like jiva is, is independent of Krishna. But at the same time, the jiva is dependent on Krishna for the... Uh, to sustain oneself and even to fulfill all one's desires. This is our uh, constitutional position. But under illusion, we are thinking that um, I am the controller. Ishvara aham, aham bhogi. So the jiva is thinking, Ishvara, I am the lord of everything. I am the lord. Ishvara aham, aham bhogi. I am the enjoyer. Siddhaham. So, say, I am perfect and I am happy. So, this is the, um, the conditioning of the living entity. 
where we are thinking that I am, I am the Lord of everything and therefore I can fulfill my desires independently. And we see that these days people don't go to church, very few people go to the church, the mosque or the temple because um, they're thinking I don't need to go to God to fulfill my desires. I can fulfill my desires by myself independently. I can uh, study, get a degree, some education, or I have some abilities, I, I can run a business and then I'll get some money and then I can fulfill all my desires. Um, but the reality is we, are, we, are, uh, we cannot fulfill our desires independently because Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita, there are five causes of action. You know, the jiva is not um, independent. Right? So there's the, there's the body, the place of action, there's the performer, us, um, there's the senses, and when you engage the senses, there's some endeavors that take place, and ultimately is the super soul, seated within the heart. So Krishna says, uh, I'm seated in the hearts of all living entities as a super soul. And I'm, I'm the sanctioner of their desires. I'm the witness of their desires. So we are not independent in fulfilling our desires. Though out of illusion we are thinking that uh, I can fulfill my desires because of my abilities and my prowess. But even if one thing goes wrong, we can, cannot fulfill. If you don't have a body, um, you cannot fulfill any desires. If your body is invalid or has, is very diseased, you can, you can, you're very limited in uh, fulfilling your desires, right? Um, or if any of your senses are defective, it's, you can, cannot fulfill many, many of your desires. So sense gratification is dependent on so many conditions versus the conditioned living entity. So our, our, to enjoy in this world, so many conditions have to be right. And those conditions are, are administered by the demigods. So many, our body is controlled by the demigods. There's, there are 33 million demigods. They control various aspects of this universe. And they control various aspects of all our bodily functions, mental functions, etc. are controlled by the demigods. So we are not, uh, and they are the agents of the Supreme Lord. Even the demigods are not independent. So ultimately everything is under the control of Krishna. And if we have to be happy, um, we have to then connect with Krishna. So desire is, is the core of our being. Everyone is, we are living a life hoping to fulfill our desires. Um, and we have so much strong hope that our material desires will fulfill us. And that's the, that's the promise of Maya. The Maya makes these false promises. I will, you know, you engage with me, then I will fulfill your desire. Your desire will be satisfied. So under illusion, we are always thinking, if I get this, I'll be happy. And if, after great struggle, even if we acquire what we thought would make us happy, then very quickly, that that object or uh, relationship or whatever, it quickly, uh, the happiness goes away. It just stays for a limited amount of time. And then we think, oh, if I get this next thing, if I get this next position or career accomplishment or if I'm with this person, then I will be happy. But uh, it, it never works out that way. And in fact, uh, material desires are troublesome for us, right? If we engage in material desires, it leads to suffering. Every morning we sing, Samsara dava, nalalida loka, tranaya karunya ganaganatvam. So the spiritual master is extinguishing the blazing fire, forest fire of material existence. So the material desires are compared to a, a blazing forest fire. 
So in Australia, we get so many bushfires every year. Now we're getting them in Canada as well, like in British Columbia, there's some big wildfires, they call them over there. California, there's fires. So in a, when there's a big fire, it's a very distressful situation for everyone in, in, the, in the forest. And people was in a, uh, living around the forest is very a distressful situation for them also because there's this intense heat coming. Everything is just burning. Everything is being turned to ashes. So similarly, uh, when we engage in material affairs <coughs> of, of happiness, uh, that's like a blazing fire. And every now and then we might get the realization. <laughs> Actually, it's a blazing fire all the time. But under illusion, we think we are happy. <coughs> right now, it's okay. But that okay is only momentarily. And, and then that good situation can turn into an unpleasant situation. It's like the world was going on till 2020 was a you know, kind of relatively stable, you could say, in some places. Uh, and then suddenly this COVID came. Everything was turned upside down. Everything is still upside down. And the world has come to its knees. So we can see that everything is going fine, then we think everything is okay, then suddenly there's some problem. And then we are in distress. So. And so many people are suffering, and especially with COVID. Um, and then on top of that, there's natural disasters, there's wars taking place, there's uh, some places there's famine or pestilence. So there's this intense suffering. There's problems within relationships, people can't get along with each other. So there is, we are constantly uh, suffering, we are like in a blazing fire. But because we don't know anything else, and due to stubbornness, then we're thinking, oh, okay, just momentarily the, the heat has reduced, the flame has reduced momentarily, oh, it's all okay. But then again, the flame is turned back on, and then again, great suffering. So that's, that's the nature of, of this material world. It's a, it's a blazing forest fire, and we are taking shelter, um, the Rashtra, we've taken bad shelter, you know, are we taking shelter in material arrangements for happiness or material securities? If I, if I have my good bank balance number of properties or if I have uh, good education, my children are well educated, then I'm safe. So we have taken uh, a false shelter of material, of material arrangements. And these, this shelter can any moment be uh, destroyed, can any moment be put into jeopardy by, by, by like this. <clears throat> and the current times is a good example of that. All, all the plan making is thrown out of the window. <laughs> so the, you know, the materialists, they come up with so many grand plans for enjoyment, five-year plan, ten-year, then 24-year corporate plan, everything thrown out of the window, <laughs> like with COVID. So, and they have to now um, redo their plans. That's, that's the nature of this, of this world. So all, all our plan-making abil abilities and plan-making commissions are destroyed because it is based on uh, a false shelter. It is not based on, it is not based on Krishna. So, so Maya tricks us in believing that we can be happy um, independent of Krishna, but the reality is um, we have to depend on Krishna for the satisfaction or for the fulfillment of our desires. And, and Krishna is, is, is uh, the sanctioner of all desires, whether we realize it or not. So Maya's job is to, is, is to um, basically make us humble. That, that is Maya's thankless service. So the Maya's thankless service is to um, 
is to smash the jiva. So they realize that their material desires are useless. That's, that's Maya's job. Thank, thankless task of Maya. To, to humble us. Because we are very, very proud. In, uh, our, the conditioned living entity is proud. Ishvara aham, aham bhogi. Right? So the Maya's job is to make us humble. And that we realize that we cannot be cannot fulfill our desires independent of Krishna. Because right now we are thinking from without material arrangements we can be happy. So Maya is like a is like the corrections department in, in a in a in a government, in a society. Like you know you have corrections in Victoria. They have they manage many prisons in Victoria. There's prisons all around Melbourne. If you go to the west there's two or three there. So they have a thankless task. The inmates don't like them. <laughs> but they're actually doing a thankless task. No one wants to do that job. Right? No one wants to be a corrections officer. Because they have to um, put up with a lot. So in, in, a, in a prison, whoever's put in a prison is rebellious against the laws of the state. That's why they've been put in there. So, and then they are rebelling against the, um, the authorities in there, all the time. And they are, so they are, you know, they are, um, here the prisons are quite comfortable, but many places, other places, like you go to India or many other places, the prisons are, it's not a very pleasant place. So, in a, in a prison, one's freedom is restricted and one is put under adverse conditions. So, so we are like that. We are put in the material prison. So Maya's job is to put us in this prison to correct us. And, uh, and if we follow the laws of the state, then the police or, or, the, or the judge or the prison officers, then they don't bother us. They, they leave us alone. And we can do, you can do what you want to, as, as long as you're following the laws of the state. So similarly, when we are reformed, then Maya does not touch us. Maya does not bother us. But till that time, Maya's always uh, Maya's job is to correct us. So people who come out of the prison, material prison, generally they're not reformed. It's called, you know, though we call it corrections, Victoria. But the reality is, when most people come out, they again offend. Because material means cannot purify the heart. Uh, material means of transformation or reformation cannot purify the heart. And that's why it leads to a lot of re-offending. But by Krishna consciousness, uh, that's the best process of reformation. So some devotees do like prison preaching. They, they go there and, and they actually try to reform their hearts. And uh, that's, that's the best kind of reformation. When those people come out of prison, you'll see a substantial change. <laughs> because they become devotees. Or they become appreciative of devotees. And therefore, there will be a significant change in their consciousness. Even if they're not pure devotees, but they will, at least they'll become law-abiding. That's for sure. That's for a given. Um, So we cannot become desireless. And, and Maya is the corrections department. Daivi Esha Gunamai Mama Maya Duratyaya. Mameva Yaprapadyante Maya Metam Tarantite. So Krishna says, this divine energy consisting of the three modes is very difficult to overcome. But one who takes shelter of me can, can overcome it. So, so we cannot become desireless and um, because that's not the nature of the jiva. And generally when people get frustrated in material life, then they take, some people take up to the path of renunciation. Or people think, oh, you become a brahmachari or a sannyasi, a sadhu, you join this con, or you must have been frustrated. <laughs> Which is true. Uh, or you're just a failure. 
you know, you couldn't make it materially, so you have ended up here. <laughs> but that's not true. So those who take up to the path of Krishna consciousness are the most intelligent people in, in the creation. They might not have PhDs, though some have. Um, but so, you know, even in the material estimation, they might not be um, very educated or successful. But in fact, they are the most intelligent people in the world because they realize that uh, Krishna is the Supreme Lord and the shelter of everyone. So some people take to spiritual life uh, or some people take to the path of renunciation out of frustration. You, know, you must have seen in your preaching. Oh, I'm just you know, so frustrated with life. I'm getting so much of a hard time. My girlfriend is giving me a hard time or I'm just struggling with my work and everything is just going wrong. I want to be a brahmachari. <laughs> a lot of people sometimes, they come like that. But if they don't take shelter of Krishna, uh, they cannot stay on that platform for too long. So if, if they're not fortunate enough to come in touch with devotees, then they might take up to the path of monism or some impersonal path. But because they haven't got a higher taste of, of bhakti, then in due course of time, they'll again come back to material activities. So Prabhupada, you know, he's quite often he says um, that such mayavadis, they again come back to the material platform and they engage in material philanthropic activities like opening a hospital or um, you know distribution of clothes or whatever some various mundane charities they open up because they don't know anything higher they have to do something so they come to um, generally they come to mundane welfare work or much worse they take up to sinful activities of sense gratification so in the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's this verse, Ye anye aravinda aksha vimukta maninas tvai asta bhavad avishuddha buddhaya aruya krishrena parampadam tata patanti ado anadrita yushmad angraya. So they said, O Lord aside, Lord, all the non devotees who accept severe austerities and penances to achieve the highest position may think themselves liberated, but their intelligence is impure. They fall down from their position of imagined superiority because they have no regard for a lotus feet. So those who haven't taken shelter of Krishna, they have to fall down to the material plane sooner or later. And some people approach demigods for fulfillment of their desires. In, in India, this is very common. Um, in the West also, like, demigod kirtans are <laughs> picking up, you know. You can sometimes you go to Kirtan, you have no idea what they're chanting. It's all made up mantras. Songs. This, you know, Shiva or Durga, they come up with a whole concoction. They hear different names, they put it together. Sometimes there's a little bit Maha Mantra also in there. And this is the mantra they're chanting. <laughs> so some people take shelter of demigods for fulfillment of material desires. But uh, demigods also not independent in fulfilling people's desires. In fact, Krishna strengthens their faith to approach a demigod. The faith is also given by Krishna. And then Krishna is the one who ultimately sanctions the desire. So the demigods are also not independent in fulfilling our desires. So it is recommended one should approach Krishna, even if one has material desires better approach Krishna than, than anyone else. And such a devotee, as Prabhupada is mentioning, is not a Sarkama Bhakta. Or, from Krishna's perspective, even if a devotee approaches him with uh, material objectives, as mentioned here, Chatur Vidha, Bhajantimam, Janasukutanoa, Arjuna, Artha Jagyasur, Artha Even if most people approach Come to, come to God for they want money or they are going through some suffering they want to get rid of 
Right? That, that's the vast majority of people who approach, who come to the temple or who approach God. But from Krishna's perspective, they all are, uh, they're not, they're not Sarkama Bhaktas because they have, they're taking, approaching Krishna and in due course of time they will be purified. Though it might appear they are, you know, they are uh, Sarkama Bhaktas. So that's how magnanimous Krishna is. So we might think, oh, they are, um, have, they are Sarkama Bhakta, but from Krishna's perspective, no. You know, here it says, Udhara Sarva Evaite, Udhara, they all are magnanimous from Krishna's perspective. That's how the look Krishna sees someone coming in front and asking for material things. Because they will be purified in due course of time, as long as they stick to the process, as long as they keep coming to Him. <laughs> so they will be purified. The common example given is of a, um, a ripe mango versus an unripe mango. So an unripe mango is also a mango. It's very valuable. But in due course of time, that unripe mango will ripen in due course of time. Or any fruit for that matter. Um, so mango is the king of all fruits. And Prabhupada said mango is the king of fruits. This is very sweet. Um, so you just leave it on the tree or even if you've taken this, leave it for some time. In some time it will become very sweet and relishable. That doesn't mean the unripe mango has no, is of no value. Similarly, those who approach Krishna with material objectives, and that's how we all start our journey. And we're probably at that stage. I'm definitely at that stage. Uh, so, but if we stick to it, if we, chant, if we chant our rounds and stick to the process of sadhana bhakti consistently, then in due course, we will get purified by following the instructions of the spiritual master and the acharyas. So it's, it's, it's normal to have material desires because we've been here for a very, very long time. And it takes time to, generally it takes time to, uh, to get purified, to become fully pure. Uh, it takes time for most people. And that's, that's, that's okay. Uh, if we stick to the path of bhakti, then we will, we will uh, transform. And we can see from maybe five years ago or ten years ago, there is a significant difference. Hopefully there is. <laughs> it's like you're flying, on a, you're flying on a plane. You don't realize how fast you're going till you jump out of it. <laughs> then you realize actually you're going very, very fast at 800 kilometers an hour. So the path of bhakti is like you're on a, on a fighter jet. You're going at double the speed of sound till you, you know, by mistake, you press the ejection seat. You press the ejection seat, you leave the process of bhakti. And then you realize, oh, actually, yeah, I was going really fast. This is, uh, and I'm falling down. <laughs> and you can, then you can realize that you were getting transformed because we have been in the material world for a very, very long time. And we have accumulated um, unlimited reactions, unlimited sinful reactions. And we are, we are actually getting purified. So as long as we stick to the process, uh, we will be successful in due course of time. And we will become that ripe mango. So Krishna is the, is the fulfiller of all desires. Uh, Lakshmi Devi is worshipping Kamadev or Pradyumna. Uh, and, and Krishna understands our heart. And for, for one who takes shelter of Krishna, uh, you know, Krishna takes special interest in that devotee, as, as Prabhupada mentions here. Ananyas chintayanto maam ye jana pariyupasate tesham nityaga yukta naam yogakshemam vahamiyaham So for one who is fully engaged in the Lord's service, uh, the Lord takes special interest and He takes, personally takes charge of their maintenance and their needs. So for, that's, that's the beauty of Krishna Consciousness. Um, 
if we surrender to Krishna, then everything will be taken care of. But we need to have faith. We need to have strong faith that if we take shelter, uh, Krishna will fulfill our need, take care of our needs. And Prabhupada is a great example. Prabhupada came, he, Prabhupada just had a strong desire to, to preach Krishna consciousness, to, to, to serve people, right? to, uh, to fulfill the order of a spiritual master. Prabhupada had a very strong desire. He, he came at an old age. From a material estimation, uh, things were not looking good. He's in you know, weak health. He's old. Uh, no money. Going to a foreign land. From a material estimation, it doesn't make any sense. It's not um, a recipe for success. It's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> from material estimation. But, but Prabhupada came with a strong faith in the order of spiritual master. And then Krishna personally took care of him. We know the Jala, when Prabhupada was on the Jaladuta, he had two heart attacks. But then after that, and even Captain Pandey said, I've never seen such a smooth voyage in my whole life. The ocean was calm. And Prabhupada reached Boston. So we can see, uh, Krishna took, personally, he took care of Prabhupada's needs. And then when Prabhupada arrived in uh, USA, Krishna sent whatever he needed to be successful. Krishna sent the people, he sent the resources, he sent money, people, and facility. Everything was sent. Everything was provided. And Prabhupada was living very comfortably. So, so Krishna takes charge of his pure devotee. And even before that, one might say, oh, you know, Prabhupada struggled for so many years. But uh, Krishna was there all the time. He was... He was uh, he was taking care of his needs, but that's how Krishna wanted it to be. And, and the Lord has his own reasons why he wanted it to be that way. So if we take shelter of the Lord, then uh, everything is, is actually provided for. Krishna takes special interest. But for a non-devotee, they, have to, um, they are taken care of by the karma. So by our karma, then we have to uh, suffer or enjoy the results. But one who becomes a devotee, then Krishna takes special interest. And especially if you are trying to fulfill the orders of your spiritual master. Then, if you are trying to do sincerely, then uh, everything will be, then things will be provided. But we have to be patient. We, we don't know how it will play out to be. We have to be patient and, and see where it takes you and just keep, keep, uh, keep continuing. So Krishna is very intelligent. Um, he knows how to fulfill the, the desires of the living entity. There's this nice verse in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the Madhya Leela 2239. It says, Ami Ami Vigya E Murke Vishaya Kenik Diva Swacharanamrita Diya Vishaya Bhulaiva. So it says, since I'm very intelligent, why should I give this fool material prosperity? <laughs> instead, I shall induce him to take shelter of. To, sorry, instead, I shall induce him to take the nectar of the shelter of my lotus feet and make him forget illusory material enjoyment. <laughs> so Krishna is very intelligent. Um, yes, we can approach Krishna. Akama, sarva kama va, moksha kama udharati. Yes, it is, that's, even if you have any material desires, approach Krishna. That's the best policy. But then Krishna looks at it this way, okay, you know, this fool is approaching with, and he wants to drink poison. Uh, Vishaya, right? Poison. So material desires are like poison. We want to drink poison under because we are mad. Our, our madness is we want to drink the poison of material desires. Um, but Krishna says, okay, why should I give him the poison? Or even if I give him, then give him in such a way that they will 
be purified. So for, you know, as devotees, you might have a desire, oh, I want a nice house or nice job. And then Krishna might give you these things, but then he'll make you so frustrated. <laughs> they say, well, what was the point of all this? <laughs> you might get those things, you might get good money, you know, good business. But then you'll get, you know, the salt will also be, the sand will also be there in that in the sweet rice. <laughs> and I think it's just not worth it. It's all this headache. You know, day and night my phone is ringing. People calling me at 2 a.m. <laughs> mm. Or you know, this disaster happened there. My employee didn't do what I wanted. It destroyed my reputation, brand reputation or whatever, you know. So you, you get what you want, but then there's a lot of problems also. So that way Krishna purifies the devotee and says, oh, what's the point of this? I just, let me take shelter. And maybe still do it, but then the focus is on taking shelter, not independently doing it, you know. So, so Krishna purifies that way. And for one who is a special devotee, and Krishna, take, Krishna can even take away your material possessions. If Krishna favors his devotee, his favor is he can, he can uh, make you a material failure. <laughs> you, can, you can be a total material failure. And then you are rejected by society, friendship and love. Because these things are very big for people. You know, the good name in your family, um, you know, in your friend circle to have your prestige, your good name, to have social standing. You live in a nice suburb nice house, your kids are going to a good school, Melbourne Grammar or Oxford or Melbourne Uni, you know, these are all material um, shelters, people, they, they strive, they, they die for these things. But if Krishna takes very special favor, can make you a total failure and uh, then the result of that is, then people reject you. You might even see you, know, you have become brahmacharis. Your family is not so interested now, right? Your relatives are not so interested in you because they see you as a material failure. Because <laughs> so, I remember when I was a brahmachari, they were like, you know, what is this? <laughs> they, they could not relate to me and they, they, and they just left me alone. <laughs> So that's, that's what happens when you become a material failure, then that is Krishna's special, special favor. But they're for special devotees. Someone, they should also be able to handle it. And an average person, devotee, might not be able to handle that. <laughs> when everything is taken away. And Prabhupada, that's what we saw with Prabhupada. Is, and Prabhupada uh, remembered this prayer. That um, he saw his... Failure in business, his business endeavor. Prabhupada was trying to be, you know, successful in his drug business, uh, in, in the medical field. So he could serve Krishna. That was, and that was a pure desire too. But uh, Krishna didn't let it be successful. And Krishna wanted Prabhupada to be successful in another way, and which which we all know now, which became evident. So. Um, Krishna's special mercy, you can end up having a material failure. So we'll leave it here. See, have any comments or questions on today's discussion? Yes, Matthew. Thank you for the nice class. Um, when a devotee, when a person approaches the Supreme Lord, um, the question is whether he will get devotional service or not. If he has material desire, then according to Chaitanya Chaitanya verse, the Lord thinks, why should I give him that poison? I'll give him devotional service and he'll forget that. So in case of Dhuva Maharaj, he came to Krishna with material desire, he gave him devotional service as well. But 
gives him what he asks for. And this was a prayer that God doesn't give devotional service. That when someone is praised, then he will fulfill that desire and then the woman will become broken hearted in the mess. So whether he gives devotional service when someone comes to the world to everyone. Yeah, so Krishna is a person and is independent. So he just deals with people on a case-by-case basis. Because <laughs> everyone's a unique, unique jiva, right? Everyone's different, so everyone has a different mentality, different past. Then Krishna then he decides what's the best way to purify if they approach him. So generally the rule is, you know, Krishna says, I, okay, I, I will fulfill their desires in such a way that they won't want it. And, and here it's said that, uh, if you look at the verse, if a woman worships your lotus feet for a particular purpose, you also quickly fulfill her desires, but in the end she becomes broken-hearted and laments. So, you know, this woman has approached Krishna, desires were fulfilled, but at the end she really realized it wasn't worth it. <laughs> so that's, that's, the, uh, that's the special mercy of, of, of Krishna. He deals with everyone on a case-by-case basis and he, he might fulfill your desires in such a way that you don't want them again. Uh, yeah. In case of Lakshya, because of his offense, he could mm. not attract that special mercy. Mm. That's what I have Yeah, a good point. Thank you. Yeah, so Daksha made that offense. <laughs> Anything else? Okay, thank you everyone. Hare Krishna. Hare.